Hello and welcome to Endpoint Zone episode 10. This is the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson. Brad, welcome back to the Channel 9 studio. Great to be here again. I can't believe we're coming up on a year. Yeah, it's, uh, it has been a while. And if you hadn't noticed that, we skipped episode number nine. Part of the reason for Fitting. that is that we are doing a Windows 10 special today. And we've got uh, Jim Alco from uh, the Windows product team coming along to just help us through understanding some of the stuff around Windows 10. But before we get there, Brad, I saw you, uh, you've started a new video series. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we kind of had this idea of, of how do we pull in some of the different perspectives in the industry and just, you know, talk about the industry, but also have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we started this series, that actually will start this week, where, you know, I have like Scott Guthrie and Rajesh Jha, who runs Office 365, and, you know, reporters like the founder of, of GeekWire, Todd Bishop. And, you know, the concept here was bring kind of those thought leaders and industry influentials into kind of a fun environment, just kind of have a discussion. Yeah, and it's, it is a really fun set of videos. I've, uh, I've watched a couple of them, and there's some really fun little nuggets yeah. inside yeah. of there. So uh, it's a great thing for you guys to be able to do on your lunch break, take some time out, and have a watch of those it's videos. Just four or five minutes, just have some fun, and also kind of hear more about the industry. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool place to be. So we're going to have a chat with, uh, with Jim Alcove from uh, the Windows product team mm -hmm. about, about Windows 10, because it's probably been the biggest piece of news over the course of the past month. Yeah, certainly if you want to talk about you know, what's happened in the last month, what's the most newsworthy events uh, in, in you know, mobility, it, it's, it's Windows 10. Yeah, it's what everybody is talking about. So um, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get Jim on. Yeah, come on in, Jim. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much. So, Jim, um, for these folks, can you just very quickly introduce yourself in case they don't know who you are? Sure. I'm Jim Alcove. I lead the enterprise and security organization within the Windows product team. So that's the, the part of Windows which has actually been responsible for making all of those cool features inside of Windows that we actually know that IT pros are really going to love when they start using them. That's right. My, my team is responsible for working across the Windows organization to drive the commercial value proposition of Windows end-to-end. -end. And then Jim's team and my team, I think we kind of like live together. I think in many ways our, our, the members of our team see each other more than they do their own families. <laughs> As you know, we've worked these end-to-end -end scenarios and what is it that the enterprise wants in Windows 10 and then how do we get that built into the operating system and then managed through you know, the Enterprise Mobility Suite and Config Manager. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if, there, if you had to just kind of explain what those top features were for an IT pro, what would you say are the, are the places inside of Windows 10 where an IT guy really needs to spend their time investigating those features? So I think the, the first thing I would say is that with Windows 10, we're transitioning to world of Windows as a service. Mm -hmm. And so preparing your, yourself and your organization for Windows as a service is one of the most important things you can do as an IT pro. And that really, that really breaks down into two pieces. The first is thinking about how we've taken Windows 10 and we've really simplified deployment. Mm -hmm. yep. we, have a, we have a work we call dynamic provisioning that allows you to simply configure uh, a, a provisioning package and install it on a device and then take a stock image and have it transform to your corporate image as part of the user signing in for the first time. Yeah, it's much more simple than it actually deploys a lot faster. And one of the things that I've noticed with Windows 10 is the, actual, the time to deploy compared to Windows 8 is much faster. Absolutely, and, and our enterprise customers, including our own IT department, are seeing how much faster it is mm -hmm. for them to get up and running with Windows 10. Um, during the course of this, around how IT organizations should think about deployment rings, but actually we are a major part of our own um, uh, kind of checking that everything's okay now. Our own internal deployment is a big part of our quality checks on Windows. Absolutely. We think of us as living Windows as a service today in our own IT department, and Microsoft IT has been an incredible partner through this journey in, in helping us get the product ready for all are. of our customers, yeah. as they have been for years. So let's talk a little bit more about delivering Windows as a service, because fundamentally, I think this is the biggest change that IT is going to have to be aware of. So tell us, let's talk a little bit about 
as an IT organization starts to look at Windows 10, what are they going to need to think about? What are they going to have to change in terms of how they deliver Windows 10 now thinking about it as a service? Well, I think the first thing you need to think about is that uh, traditionally uh, Windows has, has shipped in, in longer release cycles and the, the feature updates have come you know, over a year or multiple years and therefore you'd think about one uh, heavy lift deployment from one version of Windows to the next. Yeah. That's not the way you should think about it anymore. The way you should think is that there's the, the vast majority of your enterprise is, is on what we call the current branch for business, which is getting feature payloads from us you know, one, a few times a year. Yep. And, th and, and, and what you really need to think about is how do you define that group within your organization and then how do you think about those few mission critical systems where you really do need that state long-term stability, which we will continue to provide our enterprise customers. Yep. So take, taking your audience and your, your corporation into account and figuring out how to segment it into these populations is sort of the first step for getting ready for Windows as a service. And then there's great work that's in Windows and then the work that we've been partnering with, with, with uh, your team on to enable our, our, our customers to deploy in that model. So starting with early evaluation in that Windows Insider program where you have very early access to features and if you've been watching the Windows Insider program over the last year Millions year of users half, on that. Yeah, Fantastic. Like, yeah, many millions of users. Yeah. Then you sort of, those features move into production with what we call the current branch where they release to consumers, which we recently did with Windows 10, mm -hmm. and we're seeing tens of millions of users upgrading to Windows 10 now. And then the, uh, over time, those features move into the current branch for business, which will be the standard information worker population in your organization. If you think of most uh, desktop machines, yeah. we expect to be in the current branch for business. And then, as I said, there's this mission-critical population where there's a set of things that need very long-term stability. Those applications don't change. They run critical applications that can't afford data. The assembly line in the operating room. Exactly. Those kind of things. Yeah. I think this is just so incredible what the Windows team has done. And you know, as I think about what Windows has done with Windows 10, I love the fact that you know, Jim and all the leadership of Windows have really challenged a bunch of the old assumptions that we've had for decades. Yeah. I think it's got all of us to think out of the box and delivering Windows as a service is just incredible because users are accustomed to continually getting new value. You think about the mobile devices that all of us carry. We're always getting new apps. We're getting regular updates to the operating systems. And, you know, they're, they're actually accustomed to that. So how do we bring that into Windows? And I love what we've done here in terms of with the Insider program, there are millions of users that are running this, you know, months and months and months in advance before IT ever sees it. And so one of the things that, that we've been building as we kind of marry Config Manager and Intune with, with, uh, with, uh, with, with Windows is how do you think about these distribution rings? You know, the, the insiders, the current branch, the current branch for business, and the, the long-term servicing branch give you that one experience for managing all of that, but also giving guidance about, you know, how you should think about having some of your users, you know, on the very insider program, maybe your architects in IT, and then have some people that you're having current branch, and maybe you have that distributed out in, 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 in staggered ways. But one of the things that Config Manager and Intune do is they bring all that into one console you can then use to get a report all up for your organization. Yeah, and I think one of the most amazing things that's actually happened here is that, that Windows has built this amazing set of new functionality that's cloud-first. You know, things like Windows Update for Business, really, really good. If folks don't have everything built out on-prem, if they want some extra flexibility, there's a great thing there. But whilst giving them ex that extra flexibility, you guys have actually done something amazing, which is kept the flexibility that they already had. Yeah. So things like WSUS, things like ConfigMan, things like Group Policy and Active Directory, it's all exactly what you'd expect. So Windows will just sit into the environment that exists. You don't need to go through the process of doing a, an Active Directory upgrade in order to get Windows 10 deployed. And I think back to when I was deploying, say, um, Windows 7. In order to make stuff work, I had to upgrade my entire infrastructure. And Windows has moved away from that now, and it's a really cool place to be.
Yeah, absolutely. One of our big focus areas is simplifying the deployment costs and, 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 and really working to address ensuring that we can we can deploy additional functionality and capabilities to users and, and give them new value without for without forcing those upgrades and then you know when you think about some of the work that the the system the SCCM team has done to make it easier yeah. to continuously add value to SCCM it really dovetails nicely with the work that we're we've done it we're doing in Windows for, to do the same thing. Yeah that's a good point. I think one of the biggest changes that IT pros need to think about is the management service that you're using to manage Windows as a service also has to be a service. And we've been working on this for a couple of years knowing this was coming. And so we've built this hybrid scenario where Intune and Config Manager are closely connected. And as we update Intune, it can automatically update Config Manager. And that's how we plan to keep up with Windows. So as Windows several times a year is putting out new capability, we'll be able to put those our support to you know enable that across the enterprise into Intune. It'll automatically be able to update Config Manager and people will, will be able to use that console for all their PC management, all their mobile device management, and it's just going to work. You know, so now we're delivering Config Manager as a service as well. Yeah, big change. And one of the things that I just want to um, give folks a, a very quick uh, link to is uh, just last week we actually recorded a, a jump start on the Microsoft Virtual Academy with uh, Bill Karagounis, one of your uh, peers from the product team who runs the Windows Insiders kind of engineering process, um, and also with Michael Niehaus. And we talk about how to get started on the train and get Windows as a service deployed inside of your organization and start to be able to do that deployment. So take a look at that. I just want to move us on to talk about something slightly different inside of Windows, some of the security features that you've built in. Um, Windows Hello is, is pretty cool, but it's backed by something called Microsoft Passport. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. When we think about the security investments we've made in Windows 10, which we think are the largest set of security investments we've made in a single version of the operating ever. system ever, yeah. um, we think about them in three buckets. One of them we think about is identity protection. Identity mm -hmm. is really one of the biggest security challenges enterprises face today. And protecting those identities is a critical investment for us in, in Windows 10. And so moving away from passwords is something that we really fundamentally need the world to do. And so with Windows 10, we're starting that journey. Microsoft Passport is the underlying technology that allows you to take to move from a password to a strong cryptographic credential that's bound to your hardware and your device. Mm -hmm. And we've all had smart cards before. We know we have to carry readers sure. around, and there's the long, complex pins. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so what we wanted to do when we built when Microsoft Passport was really bring simplicity to that strong cryptographic credential, and that's where Windows Hello comes in. Windows Hello allows you to have the simplicity of a biometric face recognition, yeah. fingerprint, or iris to unlock access to this strong cryptographic credential. So we're, we're security-wise, we're significantly stronger than passwords, but we give you that ease of use of biometrics. Yeah, and um, I, I've actually cooked up a little demo that uh, kind of makes everything uh, nice. Well, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see yeah. the screen, so we shouldn't need to, yeah. uh, need to do that. But if I just step in front of my machine, and uh, look directly at my camera. Oh, it's okay. got a recognition error. I'll step out again there. Just pretend that I've just been standing in front of it for a while. So I'm going to step in front of my screen. that The unlock there actually really needed a, a human that could move the head. There's no way to spoof that with any kind of piece of paper because it's flooding me with IR. Um, a photograph just wouldn't show up as anything at all on the IR, so it's pretty clever. And actually, we're not even storing information about your face. We're storing a, um, a non-reversible hash of some of that information, I think, under the hood. So it's a, a pretty incredible kind of level of security we've built in there. Yeah, when you think about it, one of the things we wanted to do was bring enterprise-grade biometrics. You know, fingerprints have been around bio, uh, biometrics and enterprises for a while. When we bring face recognition, we really wanted to hit the same bar in terms of security with facial recognition that we have with fingerprint. And we feel like we've 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 made the, made it there with Windows Hello. Yeah. And just to kind of even put this in the context of 
how this helps the attacks that every organization is seeing right now. We know that more than 75% of these attacks we're all reading about, you know, that have now, like if you look at what happened with Sony, turned into cyber terrorism, mm -hmm. come from compromised user credentials, compromised passwords. And so with things like, you know, uh, Windows Hello, and you're not even using passwords anymore, you can actually stop or prevent so many of these cyber attacks that we're just reading about every week. And Windows delivers a fantastic secure platform for the enterprises. It is wonderful the changes we've made from a security perspective. Yeah, and actually to take this one step further, because this is a machine that's actually enrolled to Azure Active Directory, we don't even need Active Azure Active Directory credentials anymore. We've actually got the um, the tokens stored from Active Directory securely inside of the uh, the machine. So I can now just open up my um, Internet Explorer and go directly to my Outlook Mail because it's on Office 365. I've got instant sign-in to everything which is connected to Azure Active Directory. And even further, I can go from across here to the uh, the Office 365 waffle, go down to my apps. And this is where stuff for me starts to become really magical about this because in this case, I'm actually getting to the apps that I have provisioned through Azure Active Directory. So I can go down here. I have single sign-on to my corporate Twitter account. It's going to take me over to, to Twitter. It'll show me a sign-on screen, but it'll automatically move me straight through that. I can also use things like Azure Active Directory App Proxy to provide access to on-prem um, environments mm -hmm. when publishing through it. It's amazing. It's the, the culmination of all of the features that we've Yeah, what you point together. out here, I think, is actually one of the most um, critical internal cultural changes at Microsoft through Windows 10, is the level of integration and what we're delivering in terms of end-to-end -end integrated scenarios across all of Microsoft is so different than any other release of Windows. And I Satya has driven such a fundamental change in our culture that I think customers are going to be delighted with the integration they see. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, the, this is really the first time Windows is taking a fundamental cloud dependency, and that that could not have happened without the collaboration between the teams, between the Windows organization and between the cloud and enterprise yeah. organization, as well as the office organization. Bringing the experience you just demonstrated together really required those three teams to work as one, and I think the results are really shining through for the consumer. Can I just dive in and ask a question? How did that happen? How do you, how do your teams actually kind of get involved and work with each other? Well, you know, Brad's team and my team have been actively working together for since the for years, but in, decade, since yeah. uh, the inception of Windows 8, uh, sorry, wow, Windows, yeah. Windows 10, yeah. uh, to to build uh, to build the vision for how wh wh the the pro the IT uh, side of Windows and enable how we were going to enable the the management of the, those capabilities, and that that process has been a co-engineering process from from the very beginning. You know, you go back a couple of years ago when we were first defining what Windows 10 was. You know, Jim's team and my team, the, the program managers, were sitting together defining end to end what the scenarios were, how it worked. You know, in terms of that integrated planning, you know, we started down this path with, I think, Windows 8, but with Windows 10, it took it to a whole new level. You know, and just even kind of the way that the culture works now and Satya's view in terms of, you know, integrated end-to-end -end scenarios that all focus on how we can help customers get and use the stuff faster. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a fundamental change in how we deliver. And, you know, we were, we were joking before, remember that little comic book that had like the, the yeah. different product groups at Microsoft and the guns and stuff? It, it's a fundamentally different Microsoft. Incredible. Yeah. I, now, I was going to say, now, you, know, you know, Jim, we talked about in security, there are three things we talk about. One is user credentials. Let's talk on the, on the other two pieces because security is such a fundamental differentiator for Windows and Windows 10. That's absolutely right. So we talked about this identity protection capability. Mm -hmm. we're the other thing we're delivering is something we call enterprise data protection, mm -hmm. which is really about how do we protect your enterprise data, the files, wherever they are. We've had BitLocker in the past, which is really about protecting the disk while it's in the, in, in the system from the device being stolen. Yep. But really, as enterprise data is moving around to various devices and it's it's more mobile, the enterprise data is more mobile than ever, You know, we're building a capability natively into the product of, in Windows 10 that enables enterprises to control the files 
files that contain their data while they're on corporate-owned devices or personal devices, and really build this dividing line between what is corporate and what is personal, and, and, and controlling via policy what can move between those two worlds. It protects the, cons- the end user because it protects IT their... IT can't snoop That's on exactly. Them. Yeah. It protects their data, but it also protects the corporate data wherever it is, and that's both on organizationally-owned devices, but also on, on BYOD devices. And, and Brad's team's doing a bunch of great work to extend this beyond the Windows platform. So really, when you look at the, all of this together as an organization that might be heterogeneous, you're able to you're able to have one solution and and, and that protects your corporate data. I I do want to just, you know, even compliment Jim and the Windows team what they've done with EDP in Windows 10 because it is really the first operating system that has delivered that native ability in the operating system to separate corporate things from personal things. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it is, you know, we can do that without having to wrap applications. There's no modification that has to happen because it's a native part of the operating system. And I think our job as we think about IT pros and what Jim and I deliver to the rest of the world to use is it's how do we help IT guide the users on how to use the data and protect the data. And what the Windows organization has built with EDP is, you know, it's empowering for the end user, Mm -hmm. and at the same time it guides them and gives them help in terms of how to use that corporate data. And that's, that's like nothing else on the market right now that's not possible on iOS and on Android. I think this is a place where Windows is substantially ahead of anything else in the market in terms of how they think about this separation of things and then guiding the user. I think it's a fantastic job, Jim. Great yeah. job on that. I think it's one of the one of those core cool themes, and um, Satya and yourself talks about this quite a lot. It's, it's the fact that actually we're one of the only companies in the world where people want to use us for work and personal, yeah. and that's a, a really cool place to be. And with Windows, it's kind of amazing because we have this amazing set of enterprise features, the security the ability to do deployments in a very, very cool new way. Um, There's a ton of other really good IT Pro features in there. But what is there for the end user? Because at some point, when you're rolling out the operating system, your users have to want it. There's got to be something to make them really want it. Things like Hello are fantastic, give you an extra level of security, make that security usable. But we've done a bunch of other stuff. That's right. With Windows, with Windows 10, we've really talked. We've really put the user at the center. And when you think about, we, we have users moving to Windows 10 in the in the consumer in the consumer world from Windows 7 and Windows 8. In the enterprise world, uh, you know, a lot of our users are still running Windows 7. And so, as we think about those two populations mi- uh, migrating to Windows 10, we really wanted it to be a, a delightful and instantly productive experience for everyone as you got to the, as you get to the new platform. And so, Windows 10 really br- blends the best of the best, best of both worlds, and that's starts with the return to the start menu yeah. and how you can see the start menu really blends the best of Windows 7 with all, all programs and most recently used programs with the best of Windows 8 with live tiles and, and, mm-hmm. and universal Windows applications. But starting there and, and celebrating the mouse and keyboard, bringing back an experience that's for fine user control of, of the device with mouse and keyboard, but also if you're using, if you're using a tablet device, we still have the best of, of Windows 8 in, in terms of a, touch, a touch-based experience. And then through things like Continuum, we we allow you to take a two one one device like like Surface Pro and the Windows is context aware and it, it will transition between these mouse and keyboard mode and this touch mode when is optimal based on say for example taking a two one one and removing the keyboard, keyboard it'll yeah. ask you if you want to transition to the tablet mode and then move to the touch awesome. targets get bigger it's easier to use mm-hmm. and so we bring this great user experience that really is again instantly productive regardless of whether you're coming from Windows eight or Windows seven um, and so I, we think that, that that's an incredible benefit for for yeah, users. Yeah, it's been. 
you know, the, the remarkable um, uptake of Windows 10 has just been, like, phenomenal. I mean, we, we published some early numbers about, you know, how many million had gone up in the first 24 hours. I'll tell you just personally, it was, it's so cool to actually get these texts from my kids or from my son-in-laws that say, hey, I upgraded Windows 10 today. It's awesome. And I'm hearing that across, you know, all the, the you know, the community that Brad supports, you know, in his 1-800-CALL Brad for Windows support. <laughs> yeah. People love it. Yeah. And I think end users love it and they're going to want to have it on all their devices at work. Absolutely. And you talked about, you know, using the, uh, your Windows for personal and for work, but it's also for traditional uh, computing scenarios with desktops and laptops, but also mobile devices and things like bringing Cortana from the mobile yeah. world mm -hmm. into the desktop world. And so taking the advantage of that virtual assistant that's there for you, but bringing it from the mobile world to the desktop world. So Cortana's there for you wherever you are. I've been surprised how much I use Cortana just yeah. every single day. It's just right there in the start, you know, and on, on the, the toolbar, you go down there, type in it. Just It really has changed how I use the device. I mean, that, for me, I think the biggest change in terms of how I interact with Windows has just been the use of Cortana. Absolutely. Yeah. Multiple hey, times and a with, day. And with Hey Cortana, you can, you can turn it on so you can still be typing and talk to Cortana while you're typing. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah. You, know, so we're, you can tell we're enthused about what Windows 10 is, uh, is doing for the industry and what, you know, the, the work that we've done. Yeah, and you guys have done a fantastic job. I mean, it's, it is a, an amazing operating system. Brad, your team has actually managed to make it an incredibly manageable um, experience for IT pros out there and given them the, the tools that people really love in order to be able to, um, to take control of the operating system and be able to deploy it uh, on scale inside of their organization. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, one of the trends that, that we hear or one of the questions that I get quite often is, you know, there's a couple things that people ask. We know, one, what's the fastest and easiest way to get Windows 10 out into our mm -hmm. environment? And I think the majority of organizations will just use Config Manager to do that yeah. and increasingly they'll, they'll integrate that with, with, uh, with Intune. The other question that I get quite often, and you know, Jim and I and Terry have talked about this quite a bit as well, is customers will ask, how do I make sure that my devices are the most performant, the most secure, the most compatible? And those are common questions we get. Yeah, and honestly, what the answer to that, it might, it might seem pretty simple, but you know, just keep up with the updates that we're putting out there. Yeah. You know, the process that the Windows team goes through every time we release any updates, it's unbelievable the testing matrix and the infrastructure that every update goes through. Not only testing just kind of like you know, base Windows, but we have thousands and thousands of apps that are in the testing matrix that's all automated. And so, you know, if you're keeping up with our updates and you're keeping up with the test matrix that we have, that we put every update through, it's going to be ensure that it's performant, it's going to be compatible, you're going to be more secure. And that's one of the key things that we're really going to encourage organizations to do is, you know, keep up with us on this consumer branch and this consumer branch for business because we're going to give you, you know, an operating system that's continually delivering new capabilities but is secure, is performant, is compliant. It's, it's a fantastic operating system. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very cool set of features that we have. Thank you both very much for taking the time out of your days to, uh, to come along and, uh, and talk to these folks inside of uh, the studio. You can uh, stay up to date on the Endpoint Zone by going to aka.ms forward slash Endpoint Zone. And hopefully very soon you'll be able to download us from the iTunes store and other places where you can get hold of uh, videos and podcasts. Thanks very much for watching.